Welcome. You're about to listen to a teaching of the Foursquare Gospel Church, VGC District. At Foursquare, we believe in the transformation of communities through the multiplication of disciples, leaders, churches, and movements. May your hearts be blessed and transformed as you listen. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that we pray tonight that the Holy Spirit will dwell in our hearts tonight. We ask, O God, that by the power of your Spirit we minister unto every heart in the name of Jesus. Lord, we minister the word of comfort, the word of hope, we minister healing and deliverance. We minister salvation unto hearts that will be listening to your word tonight. Thank you, Father. Lord, we give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so delighted to welcome you to church this evening. And I like you wherever you are to bring your family together. Let us sit down together to worship God and to also share from the scripture. At the next uh, few minutes or an hour thereabouts, I believe that the Lord will speak unto our heart in Jesus' name. It really doesn't matter where you are and it doesn't really matter whether you're on the road, you're listening in your car, uh, or you write in the auditorium here, I am very positive that the presence of the Lord is with you. And the Lord will minister to you in Jesus' name. The word of God has no boundary. The word of God is effective. The word of God is effectual. The word of God has power. And the word of God has no boundary. It breaks barriers. And the, Lord, the word of the Lord will break whatever barrier that is standing between you, between you and God tonight in Jesus' name. Uh, this month has been such uh, a wonderful month in terms of the depth of the word of God that has been expanded unto us. Uh, the theme again is be fruitful. That was a direct command from the Lord to every believer. And as a body, the national, uh, this month has been declared the mission week. And the theme is uh, fulfilling God's mandate in the uh, decade of swearing. In the decade of swearing. And I believe that the Lord will speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Uh, there are a few scriptures as a text scriptures, and we're just going to read about two of them. The first one I'd like us to read is Genesis chapter 28. And please, uh, we need some assistance. Uh, I need about two mics to be given to people that will help us with the reading of the scripture so that we can be a bit more organized. Uh, Genesis chapter 28, verse 14. And thy seed, I'm reading from King James Version, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, 
and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I thought someone would say amen to that. I thought someone would believe that that is the word of the Lord for me. And it shall be so according to the word of God. God, when God makes pronouncements, God has the power to back it up. And verse 15. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places without thou goest. I will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Hallelujah. I want us to believe the scripture tonight because that is the word of God for us. I want us to read uh, Luke chapter 5, verses 4 and 10. Luke chapter 5, verses 4 and 10. Verse 4. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your net for a draught of a great catch. Whichever translation you have. The bottom line is there was a direct instruction by the Lord Jesus Christ to Simon and his partner to launch out into the deep. Uh, the story in this passage talks about Simon and his brother who had given up hope after they had toiled all through the night without catching a fish, anything. And they were busy washing their nets almost at the point of packing it up and ready to go home. And suddenly, the Lord Jesus Christ showed up and the Lord gave them an instruction. I believe that the Lord has been speaking to you right from the beginning of this month. And he will yes speak to you. The Lord will restore hope in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will visit your boats. Jesus Christ will visit your home. And Jesus Christ will visit your career. And you will receive the word of the Lord. And as you launch out into the day, you will catch great fishes in Jesus' name. The first square family in Nigeria has adopted the acronym SWARI as a mission trust for the next decade. SWARI simply means spread out, reach in, and next generation. To spread out means as a family, as a ministry, as a movement, we will be expanding the gospel of the kingdom to the interland, to the river Rhine areas, to the major cities and towns of this country and beyond. We will be planting churches. We'll be holding, you know, campus uh, programs and the rest of that in order to expand the kingdom of God. And reaching means that there will be a lot of discipleship programs to establish and equip the saints.
for this great assignment that God has committed into our hands. And of course, the next generation talks about a deliberate focus on the younger generation. A lot of young people, by the grace of God, through the leadership of our general overseer, are going to be brought into the ministry. They are going to be, you know, given opportunity uh, to, you know, ministerial opportunity, and they're going to be equipped in order to take the gospel of the kingdom further. According to the statement uh, from my general overseer's forward document, that Jesus Christ gave the church the commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And this should be, this should remain the primary focus of all believers in Christ. Anything outside the expansion of the kingdom of God may not be the primary responsibility of the church. Our primary responsibility would be the preaching of the gospel and establishing the kingdom of God in the interland, the river Rhine, the cities, and throughout the nation by the grace of God. As we inch towards the close of this age, what is the mandate of every true believer in Christ is renewed and fervent commitment to the mandate of expanding the kingdom of God and on this side of eternity. We're realigning our goals, we are realigning our strategy to ensure that as a movement, as an organization, there is a direct, a laser focus on evangelism, the preaching of the gospel. The world is witnessing a change in its social life beyond what has ever been contemplated by many people. Many people. COVID-19 has changed our world forever. In spite of the devastating consequences, our Lord still reigns over this world and over the nations of the world. It has opened up a new vistas of possibilities for believers to fulfill the divine mandates. And, uh, and I remember sharing with some people, I said COVID-19, it's a forklift. You know, the world has been crawling, moving, and all that. But COVID-19 simply take the whole world and put us on a different pedestrian. All of us have changed one way or the other. And 2020, year 2020 particularly, is not a year that anyone will forget in a hurry. It was a year when for several months, nobody could go out. Who would have contemplated that 10, five years ago? And it came and behold, our lives has changed since then. And so also should be the strategy of the church and believer towards evangelism. In some countries of the world, up to now, you know, gathering together in multitude is still prohibited. 
Today, it is difficult for us to shake ourselves. We give ourselves elbow bump, you know? And also, visiting people has become very difficult physically. But thanks, to, uh, thanks be to our God. The word of God is not chained. The word of God is not locked up. The word of God has been progressing. We need to strategize. We need to retool and be intentional with these endless possibilities. We now have 24 hours to engage in a borderless world. What has happened is boundaries between nations have been removed. Barriers have been broken. You know, you can preach the gospel 24 by 7 without anybody limiting you. And without you leaving the comfort of your home, it was almost unthinkable five, ten years ago. But the Lord has used the devastating effect of COVID-19 to turn things around for the preaching of the gospel. The message has not changed. The message of the gospel has not changed. The means and vehicle just got better and cheaper. It just got better and cheaper to preach the gospel, to reach out to souls, because God has released to mankind knowledge to invent devices that made that possible. You remember what in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 has not changed. The Bible says, In the beginning, God made heaven and the earth. There was no record. There was no account that shows the devil, that, that tells us that the devil showed up and made something. Not on this earth. God made the heavens and the earth. The devil is just an usurper. He took advantage of the sinful nature of man and used the very essence that God had ordained for mankind to worship him to turn around and begin to serve the devil as a, as, instead of God. I don't believe that the advent of technology is an instrument of the devil. God, every knowledge that God has released, that has been given to the world, has been given by God. Every good and perfect gift came from God. Of course, human being and the devil will pervert all those things. Technology is good. Technology will enhance the gospel of the kingdom. Technology will accelerate the preaching of the gospel. And Christians and believers all over the world should take advantage of that. And by the grace of God, we're just, we're, I'm, going, I'm going to basically run through some of the things just to establish the context, you know, uh, of this message. And I'm going to spend an ample time to share with us how we can maximize technology in order to advance the preaching of the gospel. Every child of God today can preach to someone on a daily basis. And people can respond to the gospel on a daily basis. 
And like I said, it has just gotten cheaper and better for us to share the gospel. Think about it. More than 70% of the Chinese are on social media. You can't go physically to China and begin to preach the gospel. But you can, about 1.2 billion Chinese are on WeChat. And you can reach millions and millions of them with the gospel. And everybody is on the move. God has made this thing possible. And I pray that the Lord, we open our eyes to see the opportunity. So I'm going to spend some time to share with us some statistics and some data that is going to ginger us to see the enormous opportunity and potentials that is available to us as children of God. And I'd like to reemphasize that God's eternal purpose for man has not changed. You know, it has not changed. Climate may change. At towns and cities may change, culture may evolve, but God's eternal purpose for mankind has not changed. The fallen man in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 to 29. Can, you, can someone please read it? Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 29. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea. Sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move around along the ground so God created mankind in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female he created them God blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase in numbers fill the herd and subdue it rule over the fish in the sea the bird in the sky over every living creatures that move on the ground then God said I'll give you, I will give you every seed bearing plants on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruits with seed in it and they will be yours for food. Praise the Lord. God's commitment to mankind has not changed. The charge and the commission, the essence, the reason why God made man was for man to be fruitful to be fruitful physically to also be fruitful spiritually of course man fell and we lost that holy estate that god gave to man through disobedience i like us to read to look at the redeemed man that was a fallen man that god made in eden i like us to read john chapter 10 verse 10 and 1 John 3, 8. The redeemed man. The redeemed man now. John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Praise the Lord. So Jesus Christ came to give man life and to give us life in abundance in other words the original fruitfulness and dominion that god had ordained and planned for man has been restored through the lord jesus christ so we had the redeemed of the lord and if you look at first corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 the bible says that you are the temple 
of the living God. Because the Lord, the spirit of the Lord dwells in us. So God was no longer the God I used to visit quietly in the cool of the day. He was no, he's no longer a visitor that comes to Eden. He has come to take full residence in us. He dwells in us. So that's the nature of the Redeemer. And that's God's desire for every creature. That when you come to the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, you become the carrier of God's presence. You become the temple of God. God becomes, you become the house where God lives. Hallelujah. And you be, wherever you are, you, you, you carry God's presence and grace. That's God's ultimate desire for us as the redeemed of the Lord. Hallelujah. And God also has, you know, has empowered us to reconcile man back to God. First, 2 Corinthians 5.18. 2 Corinthians 5.18. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. NIV. Thank you very much. So if you think you are not called to be a pastor, or you are not called to be an evangelist, you know, or, you know, you don't have the power, you think you don't have the power to raise the dead and all that. There is a ministry that every believer has been called unto. And that is a ministry of reconciliation. And Jesus Christ has empowered every believer to be engaged in that ministry. On Sunday, we were told that to every evangelical Christian, you have a ratio of one to five unbelieving people. That means if all of us will rise up today and we're determined to win five souls, we're probably going to have the whole Nigeria converted to Christ. It's as visible as that because that is a ministry that God has committed into our hands, the ministry of reconciliation. And we're going to see how that can be done at the family level, at the community level, at the technological level, how we can on a daily basis engage ourselves in the ministry of reconciliation. That is the purpose of God for his children. And God has also commissioned us to go. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Hallelujah. See, God does not send his people out without empowering them. Jesus Christ said go. And I think to go means to be on the move. It's not to stay in one spot, but to move from one place to the other in reaching out to souls and bringing them into the kingdom. 
And like I said earlier on, every child of God is empowered to be fruitful because that is the original desires in the heart of God. The, the, the original Adam was, you know, was to be fruitful physically, but it's, you know, the redeemed of the law had to be fruitful both physically and spiritually. And God has given us this enabling. He said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Praise the Lord. Everything that we need to succeed as children of God, God has given unto us. We have assurance of fruitfulness, divine, and of course, divine endorsement. Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3. Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3. And uh, John chapter 15, 16 says, I also, uh, we need to read those two. Uh, Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3. Psalm 1, 2 and 3, NIV. Yes. But those who delight in the law of the Lord, who also meditate in it day and night, that person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do shall prosper. Praise God. John 15, verse 16. John 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Hallelujah. You cannot have a better promise than that. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ himself speaking to us directly, that he chose us so that we can bear fruits and that our fruits will remain, you know, so that whatever you ask of the Father, sometimes we complain that we, we, we are afraid, we're timid, and he said whatever you ask of the Father, you can ask the Father for boldness and courage. And what will happen? He will give you. In any case, God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but the spirit of sound mind, of boldness and of courage. And if you're a carrier of God, you should be bold. Uh, a lion is never afraid of the dog. As a matter of fact, the dog ends up in the, in the belly of the lion. We are children of the Most High. We have the presence of the Lord indwelling us. So we are bold as a lion, and the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. And there is eternal reward for our obedience. But what exactly is the gospel that we have been called upon to preach? Number one is the gospel of love. The good news. And the good news is that Jesus Christ died to reconcile us back to God. And these the price of this reconciliation is free. You have nothing to pay. It's just your simple obedience and response to the call. That is the price you have to pay. The gospel is a gospel of hope. The hope of eternal life. If we just live like the animals and when we die, that's all nothing has happened after that the bible says we are of all men most miserable most to be pitied 
But there is life. There is eternal life. We have that hope. And that is why we're purifying ourselves. And that is why we state truth to the word of God. And we're obedient to the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom is the gospel of faith. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, in your heart, you shall be saved. Christ told Nicodemus, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And every single person that had taken that step have been welcoming to God's family. So it's a kingdom of faith. It's a, it's, 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 a, it's a gospel of faith. And I pray tonight, if you are listening and you haven't taken that step, you will surrender your hearts to Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of reconciliation. We've all been called into the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, Paul said that because we know and understand the terror of, of God, we do what? We persuade men. I think it was one of those evangelists in, the, uh, uh, in Scotland that says that if, I mean, it's, uh, there was a person who was about to be executed. I've forgotten the name. And uh, so a preacher was normally asked to go and talk to him so that he can make the last minute confession and possibly give his life to Christ. And this preacher went to this criminal and talked to him. And the criminal turned around and said, if what you are saying is true, if they fill the whole lot of Scotland with broken bottles, I will crawl on my knee to reach the last person and preach the gospel to him. If truly what you are saying that this is the hand of a sinner or this is what the power of the gospel can achieve, I will either fill the whole lot of Scotland with broken borders, I will crawl on my knees to reach the last person and preach to that person. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. It's a gospel of reconciliation. And I pray tonight that the Lord will renew our zeal and our energy towards reconciling the world back to Christ. We need to depopulate the kingdom of hell and advance the kingdom of God. And honestly speaking, most of the time, the, the, the strategy of the devil to shut up, to shut up, to shut up our mouth is a deceit. It is not true that that person will not listen to you. Yes, some people might reject the gospel. I know on one occasion I was traveling, I think from Abuja to Abuja. And usually what I do, I carry the dope magazine, put them in my bag. You know, I greet the person sitting next to me and I say, okay, you know, you can, be, you can read this while we, uh, because sometimes people don't want to be disturbed. And you should respect that. But you can hand them something they, that they can, you know, that can, they can look at thereafter. So there was this particular gentleman. I greeted him warmly and I gave him the magazine. The man looked at it and he saw God said, no, I'm a Muslim. I said, ah, okay. You know, so I looked at it. I said, okay, maybe uh, we should have a different approach. You know, 
and then have materials that does not have, you know, <laughs> that is not loud on the front page, that, yeah, they can relate to it. And then as we, for the one hour trip, it's enough time for God to do his work. But I prayed for the person. And then I believe that God will continue to touch his heart. So it's a ministry of reconciliation. You know, and some other time, it is also, you know, I've been encouraged. I was also going from Lagos very early in the morning flight to Abuja. And uh, this woman was the last to enter the plane. And lo and behold, she came next, her seat was just next to me. And the Lord said, pray for this woman. How will I call somebody, we're seated together and say, I want to pray for, that was about a few months ago. But I was praying in my heart. I was praying in my heart. And at the point when I had a release in my heart, I, call, I talked to her, I said, hey, lady, I'd like to pray with you. And specifically, I told her that the Lord has done it. That the situation is under control. That God, that we hand in praise. And she was just saying, amen, amen. And she paused. And she said, do you know that this is the first time I'm going to Abuja in the last 40 years. Wow. I said, wow. He said, my husband is going to have a major surgery tomorrow. And that is why I'm going. So I pray for that with her. And I believe that the Lord did it. We haven't had contact thereafter. But, you know, she was receptive. Some may not be. But others will be receptive. We should not be intimidated because some have not responded positively. God is still at work. It's the Holy Spirit who will do the work. So, ministry of reconciliation is what we have. Every believer should engage in that. And then, of course, uh, the gospel of the kingdom is such that Jesus Christ assured us that I am with you how many times? Always, even if it suffers shame for the sake of the gospel, what does the Bible say? Can't it all joy? It's part of the cross. Today, people carry cross on their, on their neck, and it's probably one of the most expensive pens that you can see around. But the cross, it wasn't something that is people are proud to, to carry in the days of Christ. You understand? It's not. So part of a cross as Christian is that sometimes you suffer shame. People may ridicule you. They may call you names. It's all right. They said worst thing to Christ. We should not be discouraged. In fact, we should count it our joy that we've been, we've been counted worthy to suffer reproach for the sake of the kingdom. People of God, we need to come to terms with that ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. What are the practical ways to fulfill the mandates? And I think I've shared some part of it. Uh, you see, God has not left us in the dark as to how to engage the world in the preaching of the gospel and reconciling the world to himself. The first way I said, the Philip Nathaniel principle. What happened when Christ met Philip? What did he do? He went and looked for his brother. 
Nathaniel, and said, come and see. I found the Messiah that the prophets have been talking about. And I know that in our families, we have cousins, we have brothers, we have sisters who have not known the Lord. You know, rather than distancing ourselves from them, let us see them as potential candidates. And it's not by accident that you are related by blood or by uh, gene. You know, and it is easier for you to tell your brother or your sister, come and see. And when Nathaniel, you see, do you know what? Before Nathaniel came to Christ, Christ saw him. And that's the truth. Every time we set out to engage in the preaching of the gospel, the Holy Spirit will have done the bulk of the work. What we're simply going to do most of the time is to confirm. And you could see that Christ saw him. And Christ told him everything he's been doing. His state of mind. And he was saying, wow. Of a truth, this is the Messiah. And he became a believer. So let us look for our Nathaniels. It is, those are what we call the low-hanging fruit. Yes or no? That is it. Your aunties, your uncles, your brothers, your sisters. You know, let us reach out in love. And thank God Christmas is coming. And sometimes because there has been frosty relationship, you know, it becomes very difficult for us to reach out. But trust me, no man can resist an expression of love, especially when you give a gift. And I can give you an example. When we were in the university, there was a brother, we were in the fellowship, and then we had a very terrible argument, and he called me names and all that, and I felt so hurt, so bad. And one day, I went to town from the campus. As I was coming back to the campus, I got to the challenge at Elori, and the Holy Spirit said, buy him a gift. Say, wow. I got somebody that ridiculed me, insulted me publicly. It wasn't that he did it in my room. He did it, and he called me names for nothing. And the Holy Spirit said, buy him a gift. I went to Charlie. I didn't see a book that I liked. I said, okay. I, said, I didn't want to buy anything in the first instance. I got to the bus stop. Downtown, there is this big loaves of bread they normally sell. And the Lord said, buy one for him. Wow. Big one. I said, God, on one condition, I must not meet this brother in his room when I get because I don't want to even talk to him. So I bought the bread, and I went straight to his room. Lo and behold, he was not around. I said, thank God. I dropped it and left a note. I said from me, do you know that he was looking for me all over the campus that night? And when he eventually found me, he jumped on me, hugged me, and said, bro, my brother, it's over. Until today, we're still very close friends. So, you know, a time like Christmas is a good time to make a relationship with families, especially people that you have not had anything to do for a very long time. They will be surprised. They will be amazed. And they will be thinking. And any opportunity to share with them, they will be very, very receptive. Very important to do that. 
Secondly, the return to Nazareth. You know, after Jesus Christ was tempted and all that, where did he go? He returned back to Nazareth. Can we read that scripture? Luke chapter 4. Just read verse 14 and 15. Luke 4, 14 and 15. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Please read on. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay, thank you, man. So I just want to emphasize the fact that Jesus Christ went back to Nazareth, the community where he was raised. Trust me, as children of God, when you, when you, we need to go back to our Nazareth. We need to go back to our, our Nazareth. I can say this for a fact that the greatest joy of Christmas I've had in the last, say, 10 years was any time we went back home during Christmas. And we're not just doling out food to people to eat, but we, had in, we, were, we are very intentional about what we wanted to achieve. And last year, when I, or two years ago when I went on, one of the boys that used to attend our children end of year party ran to my wife and he said I, I said, I don't know you. Oh, he said, I'm now at OAU studying medicine. And it was one of the boys we're now using. Some of them we give gifts, some of them we buy clothes for to go back to school and so on and so forth. You see, good works has its own place, especially in the community like Nazareth, where you were known. Don't just be a Lagos Christian. As the Lord laid it upon your hearts, be intentional and be deliberate. I can tell you that most of the, most of the teenagers that attend our outreach in December, 60% are Muslim. And they will all come. They will hear the word of God. They will share their problem. You know, and they will share what they are going through. And to the glory of God, you know, we were a lot of them, the Lord has delivered them. And one of them recently, one of the kids, the Muslim kids that have been paying his school fees, you know, there was no, we didn't force him. Just about, I think about last month, in the middle of the night, around 11, he sent me an SMS message. He text matches. He said he wants he, that he wants Jesus to reveal himself to him if truly is a Messiah. Because of course today they go the most, you know, so it, they were very unstable, but we're praying along for them. Initially, I said, okay, I'll pray. But later I asked him a question. What exactly do you want? He said he's confused. I said, okay. Let us pray together. 
and I asked that the Lord will reveal himself to him. It was like a Friday, Saturday. So on Sunday, he found his way to church. Uh, he said he went to church today. I said, wow, on your own? He said, yes, which church? I think it was Kosa, so he went. And said, okay, are you sure? Because I know someone there. He said he saw the person. And since that time, he has not missed church. I prayed the sinner's prayer with him, and he has not missed church. That's one soul delivered from hell. It took time. Do you understand? But if we get to our community today, even the KBAC, we announced in the mocks that they should release their children to attend our outreach. Okay, on a lighter mode, they wanted to make my wife, myself, chief. <laughs> it was a KBAC himself that called, though. <laughs> I said, no, we can't do that. He was very disappointed because the whole community knew what would do. at least more than 2,000 kids every Christmas were taken care of. They were given gifts. They would be given gifts. They were fed. They would be preached to for two days outreach, strictly for children and teenagers. And we usually get some students from the university, like 20, 25 of them, to join us in the outreach. So it was a very big outreach to the glory of God. So when you go back to your Nazareth, there are some people that will not accept the gospel unless you influence them. Some people will come to Christ because they just want to be like you. And you are light. You cannot hide. In the Bible said that no man lights a candle and put it under the table. It's part of the gospel. They will just be influenced to come to know the, to, to the knowledge of Christ just because of you. Praise the Lord. And we need to harvest all that in order to bring souls to the kingdom of God. So, they joined the chariots uh, category. You see, when you pray, the Lord will lay the body, and God can direct you to just send a message to someone or to put a call across to someone or to visit that person. And it might just be the right person that that person needed at that time. And I have another encounter like that. It was also some times ago. At about 11 p.m., we left the chapel and I was going back to the room. And I saw this man who was a student just standing at the bus stop by that time. There was no way he was going to get out of town. And I went to him and said, what is going on? That way, he came back to school to check his result, and for the second time, he's been he was asked to withdraw from school. He doesn't even know what he's going to do to himself. Maybe he was going to kill himself. And we started a conversation, and to the glory of the, of God, he was allowed to change his course, and he was able to finish. So the Lord might ask you to join the chariots, just like He did to Philip. Don't let us hesitate. Let's just spread and do that. And of course, your testimony. Look at the woman of Samaria. You know, when Christ, when she encountered Christ, she went and shared her testimony. And the whole city came to, to see Christ. Okay, we have heard, we heard you, but now we have seen with our own face. 
that indeed this is the Messiah. Don't let us keep our testimony. Share your faith. Share your testimony. You know, it will encourage someone to come to the knowledge of Christ. This is very important. And of course, uh, I'd like to also talk about the highways and the edges. You know, we go to our community, the social media to propagate the gospel. And of course, the, 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 where I'm going to anchor this conversation, it's on the fourth, the fourth dimension of our social life. Yes, we are Christian at home, Christian at the workplace, in the community. But what about in the digital space? I have experimented a whole lot of things. Sometimes I will share a scripture on my WhatsApp status. Guess an average of how many people read it every day? Eh? Nothing less than 103 people read that scripture every day. And in fact, I noticed one allergy. If I posted three scriptures, you will read those three scriptures. Because you can check and see who actually, you know, view your status. You understand? And the reason why we don't take this thing serious is because we don't know who is checking it. You see, the conversion of soul is a marathon. Today, a little seed, a watering of the seed here, another person will water it there. You never can tell when the seed will germinate and this person will surrender his life to Christ. And I've seen a lot of us squandering our social media status. We post politics, we post uh, you know, all kinds of fake news. And that's why people don't take you serious. Some of us are Facebook pages are washed with all kinds of jargons. Clean it up. Use it as a platform to reach out to souls. I have thousands of people on my, who, who are, you know, my friends on Facebook. I will never post, uh, what do you call this thing? Fake news or anything political because I know that, look, this is my space. I am an ambassador of, for Christ. If somebody come to my page, they should be edified. I should not add more to their problems. We need to tap. I'm going to show us in a bit the, the, the intensity of the social media space and why it is a very terrible tool that every Christian must explore. Simple things like WhatsApp. On a daily basis, you can be ministering to hundreds of people. And in fact, you can also elicit a reaction for you to know that they are falling. Sometimes I post a question. I can say that with God, all things are possible. Do you believe that? Somebody will give some people will give thumb offs. That means they actually understood what I'm talking about. You understand? And I could follow up with another one. 
that all you need is to pray and it will listen. So in less than 30 seconds, you can effectively communicate the gospel using the social media space. And we need to tap into this very deeply as children of God. So the fourth dimension of our Christian social life is the social media space. If you don't exist there, please carefully consider playing in that space. Think about it. Maybe pastor, mentor, just give us a hymn every week on his Facebook page, live. Maybe on Saturday evening, between six and seven, you can join Reverend Luther to worship God for 15 minutes. How many people do you think will join him? Huh? Do you think people will be blessed? Huh? They, will, they will soon be inviting their friends. That's the power of technology. It breaks barrier. It breaks barrier. And some of us have very powerful influence. Just say something on Twitter. You will see reaction. Oh, Jesus Christ has just delivered me from a terrible COVID-19 attack. Huh? What do you think people will do? They'll be reacting because we're giving glory to God. And they want to know more. Oh, so a person is a Christian. And so Brother Bishi is a Christian. Wow. Next time they will take you serious. Praise the Lord. You see, we have so much influence that we need to convert to our own advantage. And the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, our mission trust for the decade of Swan leaves no one behind. Souls are a huge harvest. Souls are precious to God and every available avenue, tool, and strategy must be used to ensure a huge harvest of fish. In the world we live in today, the work includes both physical and the virtual enclaves of social interaction. Therefore, the church cannot ignore the role of technology in reaching out to the digital constituencies. Now, what kind of influence and dominion can we exert in the digital space? You see, the gospel has endured different ages, times, and dispensation, but the message remains unchanged. Do you understand? The message remains what? Unchanged. Think about it. In the days of Christ, there were no cars. There were no megaphone, no microphone. There were no television. But has the message of Christ changed today? No. Even though we have new technology, it's only, it has only gotten better. And it has traveled faster. And we are yet to see the speed of light at which the gospel will travel. God is breaking barrier. And because God is not working based on our own assumption, we're not seeing it. We're not seeing it. Who will have, we think it's easy for, can you go, and, go, go into China and go and preach to somebody? But today, you can even preach 
to the prime minister of China, of, of China because you can reach him on social media. And we have seen so many, many either though unapproachable individual that God has used technology to break through their doors and walls. And they've been able to, uh, we've been able to, they have been reached by the gospel. And like I said, every good and perfect gift, gift comes from who? From God. The message, the assignment, and the goals remain the same. This gospel of the kingdom must be preached to the whole world. Then shall the hand come. Facts about a digital world. And I have some slides I'd like uh, them to show you. Facts about a digital world. And you're really going to be surprised about some of the things you're going to see. Okay? The fundamental need of man and the world has never changed in spite of technological advancement. The wages of sin is still what? Still that. Abby? That has not changed. Technology cannot change that. The gift of God is what? Eternal life through Christ Jesus. That has not changed. No technology can change that. The gospel has endured different ages, time, and dispensation. But like I said, the message is the same. The message, the assignment are still the same. I'd like you to go to the next slide. This is the time people spend on social media. This is the global average. Philippines, an average person in the Philippines spend three hours, 50 minutes every day on social. This is for, this is an average. For teenagers and younger people, it's far, far higher than that. That is how much they spend on social media every day. Nigeria is second. An average Nigerian spend three hours 42 minutes on social media every single day. Take 10% of that. That's like 20 minutes. So if we target 20 minutes, a tight of their time, they spend on social media and reach out to them with different packages of the gospel, we'll be making a huge impact. Nigeria is number, number two of people that spend time on social media. Praise the Lord. That shows how serious it is. Go to the next slide, please. Okay, so internet user versus population. So let me just move closer a little bit. Now, if you look at West Africa, 42% of our population of the population of West Africa have access to the internet. One way or the other. 42%. Nigeria is about 57%. That's over 100 million Nigerians have access to the internet. Over 100 million. Praise the Lord. They have access to the internet. Those are the people that are spending three, four, five hours every day from Facebook to Instagram to TikTok to all of that. 
But I think rather than complaining as the church, as children of God, you see, you know, Christ told Peter and Simon to do what? To go to where? To launch out to where? Where do we have fishes? In the deep. Today, where do we have souls gathering in their millions? That's the place. That is where to cast our nets. Praise the Lord. That is the, way, that is the place we need to cast. Look, I love fishing. And trust me, I was a very successful fisher person. It was one of my best hobbies. I don't go to the river to feed fish. You know, that's what some people do. They go to the hook. I remember when my wife and I went uh, on a cruise, and she wanted, I went out and fishing. Every time she let down her hooks, she brought out nothing. Every time I let down my hooks, I brought out a piranha fish. And she was frustrated. I said, okay, come, I'm going to teach you. See, you know, so we need to cast a net where the fishes are. Over 100 million Nigerians spend at least three to four hours every day on the internet or on the social media. That's, a, that's why you cannot afford not to be there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So very important for us to pay. Can you go show me the next slide, please? So we, we need to come to terms with that. And then, of course, let's look at the digital constituency. What are the various digital constituencies that we have? Uh, if they can show me the, but I can read that, read that to you. Number one is what we call the social media. And when we talk about social media, we're talking about Facebook, we're talking about YouTube, we're talking about Twitter, we're talking about Instagram, we're talking about TikTok. You know, that's the social media where people on a day-by-day basis are present. Some are just showing you their pictures. Some are showing you their tits. You know, it just shows the emptiness in man. When you see what some people are doing on Facebook. But you see, those are people we should begin to target. We have seen people who express frustration on social media or on Facebook. And the next thing you hear is that they committed suicide. Because someone was paying attention. In fact... Sometimes ago, I saw one of my relations who posted something on her status. And immediately I picked up a call. What's going on? And truly, she was going through a very terrible situation. Praise the Lord. So to me, people now don't think they have friends they can talk to. They go to Facebook, they go to WhatsApp, and express themselves. But we should begin to harvest all these emotions and begin to reach out to them with the gospel. Because the gospel of God has a power to save and to deliver. So I've talked about the social media. Then the other constituency is the instant messaging applications. Your WhatsApp, your Telegram, your uh, Facebook Messenger. You know, all those ones are called... Uh, instant messaging applications. So you can just send a message, pim, the person gets it immediately. Those are, and if you look at it, out of the 
out of the 50-something percent of Nigeria that are social media, 100% of them are on WhatsApp. And I'm going to show you a, a survey that we conducted in this Lekki Lagos Access. You know, so that you know that it's not a joke. There is a momentum out there. There is a deep out there that we have to launch into if we must fulfill the divine mandate. Please, can you go to two slides after that? I want to show you again, most used social media platform in Nigeria. The most used, you see, because I'm bringing all this in out so that we can begin to connect to them. Most used, yes, that's it. The number one on that list is what? WhatsApp. 93% of Nigerians are WhatsApp. About 180 something million people in Nigeria are WhatsApp. Are you listening to me now? Can a Christian afford not to be on WhatsApp? Huh? And if you look at it, it when I, the last time I was cleaning up my contact, it said I have 5,000 something something duplicated contacts. That means I have close to 10,000 contacts on my phone. Do you understand? And if I post something on, on, uh, on my WhatsApp status, potentially, Thousands of the people that are my contact will see it. And most of them may read it, some may not. Praise the Lord. But I have known that within 30 minutes, if I post something, at least 80 people will have read it within 30 minutes. Praise the Lord. The only thing is we need to understand the nuances of all this media so that we can make most of them. Okay, so... Now, the next slide says mobile internet user penetration. I think it's just like a repetition of that. If you look at it, by year 2022, more about 57% of Nigerians okay, will be using their smartphone to access the internet. You know, to access the internet. Please go to the next slide so that I can round up very quickly. Uh, there, so what are the compelling reasons for us to begin to ask? I think I've said that earlier on. 187 million Nigerians have access to the internet. Hmm? 187 million Nigerians. Or oh, have access to, the, to a telephone. 104 have access to the internet. Million Nigerians have access to the internet. Praise the Lord. I'll go to the next slide. So this is the growth rate. Our birth rate is growing at 2.6%. Okay? Look at the mobile connection rate, 10%. Every year, 10%. 22% of Nigerians every year are being transferred, I mean, have access to the internet. So it's growing on a day. That's about 19 million every year. I've been added to the pack. And 22 million 
uh, of our people are also joining social media every year. 22%, about 19 million people are also joining the social media every year. So we need to pay attention to it. And uh, so go to the next one. It will also interest you to know where people go on the internet. Hmm? The number one place is Google. 220 million visits to Google. Niger Bet or Bet Niger is number two. Are you now surprised that we are breeding all kinds of people in our society? The next most important place they go to is Bet Niger. Can you see that online? Hmm? Number three, Facebook. Number four, Naira. Well, that's another, is it Naira land and so on and so forth like that. So we need to, see, then we have to package products and the gospel to target all these places where fishes are. Is that not true? We are fishermen, yes or no? Who is a fisherman here? Okay, today you are a fisher of men. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's what Christ did. It's painstaking. It takes patience. It takes diligence. It takes conscious effort for you to catch a fish. And you have to pay attention. When the fish got into the baits, you should know when to leave the hook so that you can catch the fish. Praise the Lord. So that is where most of our people go to. And the next slide says social media users versus total population. Okay? So those who are using social media in West Africa is 16%. And this is because of other countries around the body. Nigeria alone, we're about 42%. Nigerians that are using social media every single day. Praise the Lord. So, now to come down home, now go to the next slide. This is the project I did for my Bachelor of Theology. So I did a survey for this lucky axis and the rest of them during COVID. And then the question is, during the pandemic, what social media did you visit most for spiritual resources? Number one was what? YouTube. The second was Facebook. Did you participate? And 95% of them said they, did, they took part in one uh, uh, spiritual exercise or the other. And of course, the other one said, the online service will influence me to join a physical church. 63% of them said yes. That because of their experience online, that we joined the physical church. So there are potentials, there are opportunities that the church should explore. Next slide, I'm running up now. Next slide, please. Now, uh, this slide is the global picture. 99% of the respondents said the love WhatsApp is their preferred mode of being contacted. 99%. Facebook, 65. YouTube, 48% prefer YouTube. Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, 
and, and website. It's interesting. If you now drill down, the, the response of people in Ikoyi was totally different from people in Aja here. So if you want to target people in Aja area, Facebook is number one. And WhatsApp. The people in Ikoyi, surprisingly, they prefer to be reached by email or Twitter. And the people at Lucky Face One is Instagram all the way. Instagram all the way. So there are so many diverse ways by which we can actually preach the gospel. And I want to challenge us tonight that we need to arise and do the needful. What to do? I've said it. Make and prayerfully create a posting that has a definite message and a call to action. Don't just copy and forward. Don't do that. Because once people know that you're a copy and forward person, they don't take your posting serious. And some people, we, we post 20 different pictures on their status. If you are intentional, just three per day on your status. Leave three messages. It could be prayer. It could be a call to action. It could be a word of comfort. And sense the mood of the nation as well. And reach out deliberately with a word that will minister to someone. Trust me, people will be looking at that. Some people, I look out for their posting every day even on my status. Praise the Lord. And that's why you cannot afford to just throw away anything. Some of us will put 20 pictures, okay, like I did recently for my wedding anniversary. I think I posted about six or seven pictures. I know that, of course, some people actually reacted to it. Praise the Lord. But you see, what I'm saying is, let's be intentional. Don't let us waste. We should redeem the time. Make most of the opportunity that we have, and the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. In closing, make your posting short. Sometimes let it be a personal and authentic experience and you're sharing. It could be on Facebook, it could be on Instagram, and you can make, a, you, can, you, can, you can create a message for 30, 20, 30, 40 seconds and post it. And trust me, TikTok is rising like hellfire. And Christian should use TikTok to reach out. Especially the Asians, they love TikTok a lot. And we can reach out to them. Rather than, you know, doing oh, a whole lot of things that people are doing. In conclusion, challenges and opportunities. We live in a practically borderless world today called the global village or global community. It is more real now than it was five years ago. The world is not going back home. The world is looking for more and more people, uh, ways and means to use technology to achieve results. Huge potential for us to achieve the decade of swearing. Your status, your story war, a page can become the best breakfast menu for hundreds daily 
where people can genuinely encounter Christ. You can become the invisible evangelist, the invisible godly counselor, pointing people to Christ and offering spiritual services to people that you have never met physically. When we become mission-minded, when we become intentional about using all available resources to win soul, and conscious of the fact that our sole purpose in life is to influence, to persuade, to draw men to Christ, then technology will make sense to us. Simple posts on your status will minister grace and life to people. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you, Father, Lord, for the privilege you've given us to interact and to share your word. Father, we ask, oh God, that you help us to see every aspect of our life as a platform to be fruitful, to exalt Jesus and to glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.